Playing Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Let's, uh, let's head down to sunny Jacksonville, see what's up with Michael DiRocco, ESPN Jags reporter. Uh, we always like to get a quick check-in on the weather. Like, you've been out the beach today splashing around. What's the, uh, what's the temp in Jacksonville right now, Michael? Well, maybe right. you have it. He, he, he may have just hung up on us to go to the beach. I don't know if we got him there. Oh, sorry, oh, JT. There. Yes, sir. We're there. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, it was 33 degrees and frost on the car and the roof when I walked out this morning. But right now it's about 66 degrees and sunny. So um, I'll take it. Yeah, all day long. Uh, speaking of taking it, it looks like. Mike Glennon is going to continue to take snaps as the quarterback for the Jags. Does this mean that Minshew mania is officially over? Uh, you know, it's funny because the fans down here don't want to admit that. They don't want to believe it. They don't want to hear it. But essentially, yes, it, it, it's over. They've seen, you know, 22, 23, 24 games of Gardner Minshew. They know what he is. Uh, they know his limitations. And, um, you know, Jay Gruden said it the other day, just, hey, you know, look, we really just want to kind of stick with a guy. We, we, you know, this, this rotating quarterback is not the greatest um, idea in the world, so we kind of want to stick with a guy. And Gruden wants a guy that will stay in the pocket and will deliver the ball and will take more shots down the field than Minshew has. And, and Minshew, you know, has some other limitations that, you know, we've talked about before he leaves the pocket too quick. He, he's, um, you know, he doesn't have the biggest arm. Um, you know, he's not comfortable back there in the pocket sometimes. He's not really um, – this year he, he's been less willing to take some shots downfield than he was last year. And, um, you know, I just think that it's, it's hard for people around here to see because he's a fun guy and, and it was fun him running around making some plays and the mania was awesome because there really hasn't been a whole heck of a lot else to get excited about down here. But, uh, you know, unless there's a, an injury to Glennon, or he just absolutely is awful. I think we've seen the last of Gardner Minshew this year anyway. Well, and, and that rascal plays well against the Titans. He beat him one time, and earlier this season, uh, only lost by three. I mean, he scared the pants off of him, you know, the second time that he saw him. Yeah, you know, his first start at home last year was that Thursday night game against the Titans, and he threw a couple of touchdown passes early, I think, to uh, at least one to James O'Shaughnessy anyway, and they just kind of rode that lead to the victory but um you know he played really well in the season opener and then he played real well in uh the game up there in nashville and um you know were it not for that somewhat offside non-call by the referees on jadavian Clowney, who knows what would have happened in that game but the bottom line is the last couple of weeks they've been close with the exception of the game against the steelers um, which was 27-3. Jake Luton was playing that. That was the three games, the third of three games he was in. But you look, Minshew went out with some injury right at the bye, and then Luton lost by two to the Texans, went up to Green Bay, lost by four. They got crushed by the Steelers at home. That was Luton's worst game. And then the last two weeks, they lost by two and three points in overtime last week, respectively. So when you look at the games Minshew is playing, 31-13, they got beat by the Dolphins, 33-25, 30-14, they got routed by the Lions, 34-16. So, you know, the Chargers, who are not a very good team, beat them by 10. So, you know, they're, they're getting close in these games, and I think that the, the rest of uh, or the coaching staff sees that, and, and I think they're ready to kind of roll with Glennon for the last month of the year. 
I'm with Mike DeRocco. Uh, ESPN covers the Jags at ESPN DeRocco on Twitter. Well, Mike, uh, I guess sticking with the, the Glennon deal, how has he looked? Uh, I know the scores have been closer, but uh, does he have any limitations or do the, does the team seem to rally around him? Uh, does, you know, I know he has a big arm, so kind of give us the difference between him and Minshew on what the team actually looks like. Um, he takes more shots down the field. Uh, that is the biggest. And, and the one thing that he does, and, and, and it was really evident last week that Minshew doesn't do, or very rarely did, was work the middle of the field. Um, he likes the, the, that tight end seam throw, and, and he will work the middle of the field. And Minshew has been more outside, you know, numbers to the sideline where he throws the majority of his passes, and that's not really been helpful at times because there were guys in the middle of the field that were open. Um, the thing about McGlennon is he's seen a lot, obviously. He's, he's been in this league since 2013, so he's you know, not going to see anything really that he, that he hasn't seen at any point before. And, you know, they've been efficient on offense uh, at times, and at times they've been able to make some plays with Glenn. And the thing that they do like, again, he will stick in that pocket. He is going to stand in there and he's going to take a shot. Uh, there were a couple of times when he, uh, um, you know, kind of rolled out and, you know, there was a chance to run or, or throw. And, and just looking at him, I, I don't know who would win a race between Mike Lennon and Tom Brady at this point right now, but it would not be, it would not be a quick race. Let me just tell you that. I mean, it is, whoo, there is not a lot of speed there. Um, and, uh, you know, joking around, obviously, but still, I mean, it, he's, he's not going to do the thing. When the play breaks down and he's in the pocket, he's getting sacked. He's not scrambling around out of there. He's not rolling out, making something out of nothing. And that's really kind of what Gardner means you. One of his strengths is, you know, the ability to get out of there. He leaves too soon, for sure, but he can elude some trouble, and he can make some plays on the run. And, and you know, Glennon doesn't do that, but they want somebody a little more efficient who will take shots down the field and who will uh, work that middle of the field, too. Well, along with Mike DeRocco, uh, I guess sticking with the quarterback note, who does the fan base want as their quarterback in this year's draft? I, I mean, you know, if they can't get Trevor Lawrence, let's just say that. <laughs> who else would they – would they like to get <laughs> well we are it, it's sort of kind of mixed to be honest with you i think the majority of the fans here want justin fields which is who it would be i'd be stunned if it were somebody else but you know we're pretty close to the university of florida a lot of gator fans here in jacksonville and, and they really want to see uh, a lot of them want to see kyle trask here who's had a fantastic oh. season in the sec heisman trophy candidate um you know and there's some a lot of fans of um Mac Wilson at uh, at um, BYU, and I, you know, I got to see him for the first time really against Coastal Carolina. Really like what I saw out of that kid. Um, and there's some, you know, depending on the draft experts, I guess there's now starting to be some mock drafts that that don't have the Jags taking uh, Fields at two, and they have them taking Wilson. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. You guys know how much stuff changes between the end of this season and the draft. I mean, who knew Baker Mayfield was going to end up as the number one pick that year? I mean, it just kind of right. – things change, evaluations change. Uh, and in this this year when there's probably going to be, you know, no combine or virtual combine or whatever, I, I'm expecting to see some stuff that's a little bit weird too. But I, I think most of the fans here, if Justin Fields were selected number two, they'd be ecstatic. Well, with no GM, Mike, I guess I want to ask you, who is on the punch list or leading candidate for the GM job? Because are they going to hire the GM first and then hire their coach uh, 
Have you heard any rumors on uh, who those people may be if uh, Doug Marone's not there, you know, as well? Yeah, the that's the plan is to hire the GM and let the GM evaluate uh, Doug Marone. And, but we're all expecting uh, there to be a clean sweep here. Um, Shot Khan doesn't like to hire guys that aren't working in in the in the uh, in the profession. I guess is the way I say it. Like for like for an example with a coach, like he would probably be a little unwilling to to hire an Urban Meyer, for example, because he hasn't been coaching. But you know, I think that they're going to look at teams that have been successful that are successful, um, you know, Borgonzi over there in Kansas City, uh, Dodd, uh, uh, the assistant GM, I think up there in Indianapolis are names that have been mentioned. But you want to look, they want to look at teams that have been successful and there have been people that have helped build those teams um, and, and kind of work that way, uh, which, which makes a whole lot of sense, to be honest with you. So we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I'm expecting, you know, no movement on that really until, you know, the week after the season, and then we'll see after that where they go coach-wise. But, uh, you know, I'll give Doug Marone credit for this. I mean, he's kept yeah. this team together. They've been, they, they, they have not given up. They are fighting, um, really, really fighting every week. So he deserves some credit for that. Now, whether that's enough um, to earn him a chance to come back in the new GM's eyes, I don't know. Um, he hasn't exactly been gifted a fantastic quarterback to work with here this uh, four seasons. So, you know, that probably plays a role into it as well. But we'll see. I think the expectation is just going to be a clean sweep, and then they'll start start over with a new quarterback, new GM, new coach, and let's go. Yeah, got to tip your cap to Doug Marone. We're on with Mike DiRocco uh, reporting on the Jaguars. Mike, to me, maybe, and I know some of it was probably necessity just because of people getting traded away and things. Maybe the most remarkable thing that I've seen about the Jaguars this year is this. They drafted 12 people. And all of those 12 guys have played, I think the least amount is four games, but everyone they drafted has played. And then that's not even getting into yet. The guy they didn't draft Robinson, who's, you know, could be rookie of the year. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, that, that shows you how many holes there are on this roster. Um, it's not yeah. because those guys are, have been phenomenal. I think CJ, CJ Henderson is, was okay in the beginning of the year, best game beginning of the year. And he's kind of been up and down. Caleb on chase on probably had his best game last week and he had two quarterback hits. I mean, he, he has just been a little bit disappointing. Um, but a guy like, like you mentioned, um, you know, James Robinson has been clearly the, the class of, of their, their newcomers. Um, but, but the other guy who's played really, really well and he's injured now, he's done for the year. So we're not going to see him again, but it really started to come on with Devon Hamilton, the defensive tackle out of Ohio state. He outside of he, he was probably playing the best of any of the drafted players um, this year, and it was a shame to see him get hurt. But, look, they've got 11 draft picks next year, too. So when you bring in 23 new guys over a two-year period in the draft, it shows you just how much talent you do not have and need to replace. Well, and James Robinson, again, the guy that they didn't draft, who's provided by far the biggest impact of, of any rookie, uh, weighs just a few yards from 1,000, he had 102 yards rushing when he saw the Titans earlier this season. That guy's just been a, a, a revelation for this team. Yeah, and, you know, it was funny because, you know, when they, they released Leonard Fournette, um, they thought he was going to be – they thought Robinson was going to be okay um, because Jay Gruden admitted he's like they had a lot of stuff planned for LaVisca Chenault, um, the wide receiver out of – um, Colorado, who was going to get some wildcat snaps, was going to get some stuff in the backfield, you know, take some handoffs as a true running back back there. But 
Robinson has been so good that they basically said, you know, we don't need to put him back there to get those kind of snaps. Let's let's work him more at wide receiver and see what we can come up with because Robinson's been so good. And, and what they love about this kid, and one of the biggest criticisms they had with Leonard Fournette was the dancing in the backfield and the uncertainty about where he's going to go. And Robinson gets the ball, it's one cut and go. And, and that is what they really, really like. And, and the offensive line deserves some credit for it too. They played really well this year much better than most of us ever expected. But the thing about him, I think he's only had 11 negative yard carries uh, this year, which is pretty pretty impressive when you consider that, that he's pretty much their offense. I mean, everybody knows that they want to run everything through him and they want to establish the run. And, and he's been, reminds me of the 2012 team a little bit in that you know Maurice Jones-Drew led the league in rushing that year. Everybody knew he was coming and, and they still couldn't stop him. So uh, clearly he's not at the level of Maurice Jones-Drew yet, but he's certainly been, fantastic and, and you know he won't win rookie of the year um but you know he certainly deserves significant consideration for it why has Caleb Von chase on struggled so much we're all in the sec footprint that's a guy we watched and we're just you know blown away by every week what why has he struggled so much just one sack well i, I don't i don't think they're playing him in the right spot i don't think he's a four three defensive end i think he's a three four outside linebacker um that's number one to me and the other thing is you know, it's hard to pass rush in this league. Rookie pass rushers generally, as a general rule, don't have a lot of success. I mean, Josh Allen had 10 and a half sacks last year, but he was playing opposite of Calais Campbell, and he was playing opposite of Unique Ngakwe. So he was the third priority when those guys were on the field, and he was able to take advantage of that. Um, but that's an anomaly. Uh, rookie pass rushers really struggle. And, and don't forget, a lot of that stuff is technique with hand placement and foot placement and fundamentals and he didn't have the offseason the rookie minicamp the the OTAs uh you know the extra time that he could spend out there working on that and getting that stuff down so um you know he's trying to get by at this point on a little bit more natural talent than he probably should and and that sort of kind of hurt him a little bit now with Josh Allen out you know there's there's really nobody that they're opposing offenses are worried about so um, you know, he hasn't taken advantage of, of, of getting some one-on-one matchups either. So it's, it's been a disappointing year for him, but I don't want to write him off because I don't think, again, that he's playing in the right spot. I think depending on what defensive coordinator and defensive system comes in here for next year, he might be one of those guys that, that you know, everybody goes, wow, where was this as a rookie? I'm with Mike DiRocco of uh, ESPN covers the Jacks. Good stuff. Well, Mike, I know back in my day, man, the Jags were a huge rivalry and uh, unfortunately uh, ruined their season when they're 14 and two. But do they still look at the Titans as a big robbery? I know it's in in the uh, division but and everything else. But uh, even on a down year, do they look at the Titans and say, oh, we got a lot of extra juice here to go against these guys? Well, let's put it this way. This is called Titans hate week in Jacksonville. Um, so, yeah, they hate the Titans, okay? Just, just Google that or look on that on Twitter, Titans Hate Week. And, and the fans, you know, maybe the players don't feel it as intensely, but these fans do, and they don't forget 99. Uh, they won't forget that ever, ever, ever. Uh, they won't forget what Jeff Fisher said either. So, yeah, this is, this is by far their biggest rival um, at this point anyway. It used to be the Steelers when they were in the old AFC Central, but now it, it's the Titans. They're not ever, ever, ever going to forget the heartbreak you guys dropped on their heads back in 99. So, um, you know, I wish 
this team, it's a better rivalry when both teams are playing for stuff at stake, like the 2017 game up there in Nashville when it was about 95 degrees below zero that night. Um, yeah. That was a fantastic game because there was a lot on the line for both teams. And, and you know, that's when rivalries are at their best. And, and maybe at some point the Jags will get back to keep up their end of the bargain. But certainly the fans this week, it, it's, they don't really want to win another game this year. They want to finish 1-15 and 15 and maybe get the 1, maybe – you know, almost certainly get the number two pick. But if they had to win one of these four, they would take this one, no question. And I have to ask you this. It's always up to debate about the Jaguars and their ownership, or, uh, and that's with uh, Shad Khan, and how much they're committed in staying in Jacksonville and not leaving anytime soon. Well, it's funny you mention that because there's – I don't want to go and bore everybody, but there's a development project that Shad Khan is trying to get through and trying to um, – an agreement with the city on called Lot J right outside the stadium. It's sort of one of those bars, restaurants, office space, um, residential thing, hotel type of thing, sort of a little bit like what they have outside of Gillette Stadium, for example. Um, and there's been some pushback from the city over some financials uh, over that. And, and uh, you know, they were re- meeting with the city council uh, this past week, and now they're pushing some stuff into January. But it's starting to, starting to get a little bit um, – cantankerous, I guess, maybe a little cranky uh, between the city and the Jags at some point. Um, you know, there's there's a stadium issue that, that is going to be looming soon. Their lease is up in 2030. The stadium is uh, in need of some, you know, updating for sure, in addition to the video boards and pools. So it's starting to get a little bit um, interesting in terms of, of, you know, how this stuff is all going to play out. But, you know, as Shad Khan at this point still committed to Jacksonville, still wants to stay here. Um, but, you know, who knows how things go in the next three to five years. You can never tell. But the one, the one thing that I always look at with that is where is he going to go if he moves? <laughs> I mean, you go to St. Louis, then some, you got to get a better stadium there, and the city didn't want to well, pay for it before, so he'd have to London, buy his own. London, you know, Mike. Right, stadium. London, right? Part, yeah. <laughs> London. Um, yeah, I mean, where, you know, could he, he's not going to Oakland. That's a dump. Not going to San Diego. That ain't great. I mean, so where could he go? Toronto is one place that people mention, but I mean, I I, I just don't know. I, I don't I don't see that, and, and and I know the London thing is out there. And I tell you what, if he had been able to purchase London, the Wembley Stadium in London several years ago, like he had tried to, then I would say that's a bigger possibility um, than 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 it was you know three or five years ago. But I just can't see a team out there in London all the time. It just it just the 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 infrastructure and the the ability to get guys in and out and just the logistics of all of it just seems like it would make it too tough. But so for now, they're committed here in Jacksonville. We'll see how things go over the next four to five years. Oh, my good stuff, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks, thanks for the update and enjoy the chilly morning and the nice finish to the afternoon down in Jacksonville. <laughs> and if you're headed up here to, uh, well, you won't be headed up here because the game's in Jacksonville. So enjoy the game on Sunday and we'll talk to you again sometime soon. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Yes, hey, Mike. Mike DeRocco. Yeah, this one's in Jacksonville. Like he said, they're calling it Titans Hate Week. You can't can't beat that, uh, Blaine, to let you know what you and your teammates did to that whole city. Now they hate the Titans because you guys couldn't stop beating them in <laughs> 1999. Uh, interesting tweet from a Vol quarterback earlier today. We'll get into that on the other side. Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Jason Martin. 